Welcome to the Walter Paisley Movie House. I am your host, Dylan Rorick, and this is our first very special episode. We're going to be doing these now and then, shorter episodes covering specific topics. Today we are going to visit Days of the Dead, Indianapolis, 2021. It's a convention, folks. Conventions are back, and we were able to go and check one out. We talked to some of the vendors there, some independent artists and independent filmmakers. We also sat down with our old friend Sky Elabar and chatted for a bit. I'm only going to give you a little bit of that one because he and I are going to get together for a fuller interview soon, and I want to save the good stuff for that. I do need to apologize. This is the first time I've tried something like this out in the field, and uh, let's just say it took me a little while to get the uh, hang of the old Tascam recorder, so I apologize for uh, my voice, uh, well, being kind of loud. I hope that uh, you're able to listen to it and enjoy. I'll have links for all of the vendors that I talked to available in the description on the podcast. And uh, hey, I'll talk to you guys again at the end. All right, guys, here at Days of the Dead, Indianapolis 2021, and I am with Terrence from Rock Bottom Video, independent producers of films, and you know how we love those. So Terrence, welcome to Indianapolis and Days of the Dead. What can you tell us about your production company? Oh, I think you just said everything. Perfect. I like big, broad questions that have real simple answers. That's right. That's, that's how you set them up, right? Exactly. So you guys, how did you get your start? Are you, are you, you gone to film school, I remember you told me, and then you just decided to start a production company and go? Essentially, yeah. Each of us had gone to the same film school, but at different times, and then we all met up on another film and worked together on it, and then we're like, well, that sucked. Let's do our own. So that's where we went from there. And what movie was that? (laughs) Well, I got my start on Heavy Mental, uh, which got picked up by Troma, and then stayed with the folks who made that. And uh, that's, I eventually met Brian then on the next film that they did, which was Blood Orgy at Beaver Lake. Um, And then he and I worked with another person. Awesome. (laughs) He and I then worked with another person on the next film after that, which was Chubby's. And then Chubby's is when uh, we decided to split off and do our own stuff. And so what's the first film you guys did together? Uh, Well, Independently, I should say, under your production. The first one that they did together was uh, not on this table. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they've gone on to do films such as Big F and Guardia de Male and then uh, a series of Beyond Belief parodies called Beyond the Valley of Belief. And then eventually the newest film that we've done is Feaster Sunday. And tell us a little bit about that. I bought it, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Oh, that's too bad. (laughs) Feaster Sunday is, uh, like I said, it's the newest film we've done. It's an Easter slasher, but it's also a thriller, romance, and there's some puppets in there just for good measure. You can't not love puppets in a movie. It's the weirdest thing you'll ever see, and uh, it's our best thing we've ever done. Weirdest thing I'll ever see. That is a challenge, sir. Okay. (laughs) It may not live up to that, but that's how we're pitching it. Perfect. That's good. That's good. I like weird. So so you've got this one. You're out promoting that now. You're hitting the cons again because you finally got this pandemic over. That's right. We're doing uh, the conventions, trying to do that circuit, and then we've also submitted to a bunch of film festivals, so we're trying to hit both, both arenas there. Fantastic. And are you getting some feedback from film festivals yet? Uh, we just had our first film festival screening actually last weekend here in Indianapolis at Indie PopCon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got nominated for a couple awards on that. 
uh, won one of them. So I'm guessing that's positive feedback. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for what you do. We love independent artists, especially independent filmmakers, people who get out there and get it done. So we really appreciate your time and great con. Hope you have plenty more. So do I. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Darren. I know what my backstory is, right? Mm -hmm. But oftentimes I'm like, maybe I need something more complicated, you know, like extravagant, like, you know, just kind of like pull people's legs. My, uh, all right, so running? Yeah. All right. My backstory as an artist, like, it's like most artists. They, I, I grew up as admiring a lot of artwork and I was very precocious and I had pens and crayons in front of me and I just like to draw stuff. I was uh, inspired by Kiss. Uh, I was a chi child of the 70s and 80s. I was inspired by movie posters, uh, album covers, um, and they just they just spoke to me. I liked the dark nature of things. It was very, more inventive and creative and, and it just kind of sparked my, um, my drive to become an artist. I've always been laser focused on it. Um, and never stopped. It, it, it was my career has been all about solving problems, overcoming hurdles, and uh, here I am today, selling at conventions, selling online. Uh, yeah, that's my my origin story in a sense. Folks, that's the voice of Byron Winton, and we're here at Days of the Dead 2021 in Indianapolis, and he's set up here, and he has some fantastic art. You need to check him out. Byron, where can they find you online? Uh, I am centrally located at uh, byronwinton.com. Uh, from there, you can find my shops. Uh, I do have an Instagram, um, Etsy, all those things, which can be found in my site, uh, link to it. Um, I try to keep a very active and um, uh, social media presence and post different things on the different uh, platforms. That way, it mix it up a bunch. Sure. And I imagine now that things are starting to open back up, you're going to be back out on the con circuit? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's been, uh, I've been really itching to do this for a year and a half, and I've done a couple of shows uh, prior to this one, and, and uh, I was a little apprehensive not knowing what to expect and things have been amazing uh, the last couple of shows uh, and I look forward to everything that's coming up so I have a bunch lined up uh, I have that stuff also listed on my site of where I'm going to be at uh, on, mostly on the northeast uh, of the country and uh, it's gonna be fun I look forward Great. Well, I can honestly say your art always draws my eye every time I see you at a convention. I'm very happy to be able to talk to you and very happy to be able to promote what you do. You do some great work. Thank you. I, appreciate, I really appreciate that. It's, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. You too, Byron. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Hey, folks, I'm here with Gary Lee Vincent from Burning Bulb Productions and Burning Bulb Pub Publications. Excuse me. Publishing. Publishing. <laughs> And we're at Days of the Dead, Indianapolis, 2021. Gary, tell us a little bit about what you guys do. All righty. Um, well, basically, we're an independent publisher and film production company. Uh, we look for exciting stories to bring to life. In fact, that's our motto, is we bring exciting stories to life. I'm uh, at the Days of the Dead, Indianapolis, with uh, John Russo. And basically, I've been working with John for over a decade. Um, John was the creator of the Night of the Living Dead uh, with George Romero, and 
Burning Ball Publishing. My company um, has released several of his uh, books. Um, we've, we've published several of his, mo um, his books. We've done some movies together. Um, we did a movie called My Uncle John is a Zombie a few years ago. Um, I produced that with John. And um, most recently, him and I worked on a movie called Midnight, and that's what we're we're showcasing here at uh, Days of the Dead Indie. Uh, Midnight is the 2020 remake of John's iconic 1982 horror classic Midnight, which was a bestseller back in the 80s. And it looks like, this looking at your table, I see a lot of work that you guys have put out there. As far as production goes, are you guys just kind of a, a workhorse factory going out there trying to find the money, grinding and going? Yes, sir. We um, Ideally, it would be nice to have the big budgets that Hollywood has, <laughs> um, but that's the um, being an independent publisher, we learned, uh, and dealing with independent people, that um, we sometimes don't have the same budgets to do independent movies so a lot of times it's us funding our own movies or finding people that can help back us usually we have much smaller budgets than what uh, than what the traditional movies have but we do our best to make them as good as we can the great thing is is we have a lot of wonderful talented writers um, I mentioned Midnight uh, of course with John Russo writing it it's going to be pretty good and um, so we uh we pride ourselves, at least the story will be good. Um, digital filmmaking makes it a little bit easier for us to make things cheaper than having to drag around a 35 millimeter camera and the film. So uh, we we're, we're blessed to be in a good time where we can do filmmaking for a lot less than they used to do. In fact, in John's time, they, did, you know, they had a lot of expenses to make movies. Yeah, I, I mean, the days of, of having to buy film stock, lab fees, all of that stuff's kind of gone now. You're able to do a lot of it digitally. Um, and as far as post-production goes, then, I'm, I'm assuming you're doing all of that digitally now. Absolutely. We do have, um, we have both practical effects and visual effects. We have a couple of talented artists, uh, good editors. Um, sometimes it's more than one person uh, working with us. Um, we, we work with folks from all over the United States. Uh, in fact, um, with the advent of our internet and things, we, uh, we even have some uh, VFX artists in uh, India and Pakistan and different places in the country that might work on a segment of the show if we're doing something elaborate. So what do you have on the horizon? I'm imagining oh, now that things are opening yeah, up, you got a lot of cons, do. right? Um, we do. We have a lot, lot, of, lot of cons. Indianapolis here is, a, is sort of a kickoff to a whole season of, of shows coming around the bend. Um, I also just finished uh, filming a movie called Faded Memories. It's a, it's a horror comedy. It's one of our best, best pictures, and uh, that'll be coming out real soon. So we got, of course, Midnight, we got Faded Memories. We'll probably be working on something uh, just after that. Uh, John Russo has over 20 screenplays for us to, to do, so we're digesting what will be next. Thank you so much, time, Gary. I don't want to take up any more of your time. You've got a lot going on here, I know. But uh, Burning Bulb Productions, where can we find you online? Oh, yeah, um, www.burningbulbpublishing.com or www.burningbulbpublishing.com productions.com and we also have a YouTube channel which is www.burningbulb.tv Thank you so much for your time. Have a great con. Thank you. I appreciate you interviewing me today. Hey guys, I'm here with Jerry from Dirt Candy Productions and he's going to tell us a little bit about what they're up to and their latest film that they're selling here at Days of the Dead Indianapolis 2021. 
Hey, I'm a independent actor for the film She Was So Pretty and She Was So Pretty Be Good For Goodness Sake. They are uh, serial killer style movies and um, all throwback, vintage. Um, yeah, we're promoting both films here, Days of the Dead. And you can buy that as a double set. I uh, got mine yesterday. Very excited to watch those. What was the, uh, as far as doing independent films, you say you're the, an actor in this. Is this your first film? Have you done others? Yes, She Was So Pretty was my very first film. Very first one, nice. How'd you get the job? Um, Brooklyn, who directs it, uh, she kind of said I look like a serial killer. So we uh, got the outfit together and kind of went from there. So Brooklyn, um, how do you how do you decide who does and doesn't look like a serial killer? Well, okay, so we hung out like for the first time, and I was like, I this either this is gonna be the funnest night of my life, or he's gonna kill me. And so it was just like you know, someone looks at you just a little too long, like right in the eyes. That's a that's a that's a good indicator for me. Right. When they give you that like stare down in public, and then you look right at them like I saw you, and they just keep looking. And then you approach them and ask them to spend a lot of time with you on a movie set. Yes, and actually we were friends for a long time, but now we're dating. So I think that you know that's how I initiate a relationship. I'm like, could be serial killer. I might be able to sell his things later because he'll be iconic. Sure. Unless you end up in a plastic barrel. I'm hoping I'm the one that lives. Sure. They usually they usually don't shop too close to home. That's what I think. So yeah. I think I'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> so Brooklyn, you made this film. Uh, are you, do you have film training? Is, are you one of those just go out and start doing it? Uh, I was a go out and start doing it. And honestly, God yes. We those. just went out with a shitty little like Nikon from Walmart and started filming for fun. And then uh, a friend of mine was like, oh, send me it. I'd love to watch it. And I sent it to her. And then she started submitting it to festivals without me knowing. And then she was like, oh, you got into a bunch of festivals. You kind of have to go do this thing now. And I was like, what the fuck? That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it kind of blew up without me even knowing it would. So I didn't even think anyone would care. And so now, you know, we've played a ton of fests and we do conventions. And it's kind of like our, a traveling gig now. That's great. I imagine now that things are opening back up, you guys got a lot of conventions on the horizon. Oh, yeah. You know what? We always do Days of the Dead. We just like it because it's like middle. You know, it's not too packed that you can't like actually buy things. And I, we always do really well. So I love their show and I'm sure we'll be at a ton more. I'm also a fashion photographer, so I book shoots when we travel as well. So it's, it's pretty great. That's awesome. And where are you guys out of? Uh, West Virginia. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so everybody was like, oh, how'd you get all these cool locations? I was like, oh, we just went to them and started filming because there's like no one regulating. We're not going to get fined. People just are like, oh, cool. You guys are filming out here. You guys want some free drinks or something? You hot? We're like, yes. One family even barbecued us a whole dinner for one of our shoots just because they were like, that's really cool. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're big fans, especially of guerrilla renegade filmmaking. Independent filmmakers are our favorite thing. We love to promote you guys. So where can we find you online? Okay. Um, so right now you can find me on Instagram at, at DCP Brooklyn. And um, you can find us online at uh, dirtcandyproductions.com. Okay. So. Jerry, Brooklyn, thank you so much for your time. You. Everybody check out these movies. They look like a hell of a lot of fun. Did you know we don't only like to promote cult movies, we like to promote independent artists. And I'm here with Aaron from uh, Plug Ugly Art. Plug Ugly Art. Now, I met these guys a few years ago at Horror Hound. They make some really great original designs for t-shirts. So what got you guys started in all of this? 
Yeah, um, so we did our first show, I would say, close to maybe five years ago um, in Detroit. Um, it was a it was a horror con. I'm not going to say it because I'm not trying to promote them because they sure. they're, <laughs> they they kind of suck to be completely honest. But um, yeah, so we started off uh, just selling pins. Uh, our first pin was a was a light up terror dog pin, and uh, it was immensely successful. So we kind of realized pretty quick that we were going to be able to actually make money and uh, not just you know have this be a hobby for us. So. Um, so yeah, we started uh, hitting the road pretty hard um, that the year after that, pretty much picking up any show that we could. I mean, we would literally do ones at coffee shops and, and things like that. And we're to the point now where we we kind of hit all the main you know Midwest uh, bigger shows. We do Horror Hound, Flashback Weekend, Days of the Dead, all that. So, um, but yeah, it was it all started with enamel pins and. Um, yeah, we made our first uh, our first shirt was a was a Ghostbusters shirt. Um, we worked with uh, Megan Mushi to to do the design for us. It's a really really good artist from Indonesia, and um, yeah, they uh, it's my brother. Uh, he's kind of like the um, the, the the brainchild of, uh, of you know for, for all this stuff. Essentially, he uh, he comes up with all the designs, um, kind of works up a, a bit of a crude uh, like a collage, we'll call it. Um, of like kind of clips from the movie and pictures from the movie and kind of pieces it together on the shirt and then we kind of like carefully choose our uh, the artists that we want to work with like kind of depending on the design if we think that their particular style will lend to our vision and, and what you know what we want as far as the end product goes but uh but yeah yeah it's um it's been a, it's been nuts man t-shirts have uh, have been really really kind to us uh, the past couple of years we truly I don't think we'd be able to continue to do what we do now if uh, if we didn't you know sell sell shirts at events like this man it's so so vital to us um, you know to have this the strong the online following that we do um, because I mean we've built up over over the over the years we've got maybe a little bit more than than 10,000 followers and like literally those on Instagram and those those people like if it wasn't for them and them keeping up with all of the drops that we do it just this is it wouldn't be possible like our pre our pre-orders go so far and help us to afford to be able to Put the shirts into production, and then ultimately be here and sell all the, all of our merch to, to these awesome people. So you guys, you have an online store as well? Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's um it's on uh, on Etsy, um, Plug Ugly. Yeah, uh, it's super super easy to find. But yeah, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, um, we're on Etsy. Soon we'll have our own website up. We're actually gonna we're kind of in the middle of a rebrand, so we're gonna be working up a new logo, and um, we're gonna start up a um, like a Facebook group to kind of help uh, get our engagement up with our followers a bit more. Because it seems like now with the with the way the algorithm works on Instagram, it's just it's really hard to do stuff like that. So yeah, we're trying to be um, like a bit more um, like you know in it with people. We want to be able to talk to people, hear what they have to say, um, get ideas, bounce out, you know, have people bounce ideas off of us. So. Yeah. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You got a busy con going on. I thank you so much. I'll make sure that I got your website on yeah. with the the show and everything. Absolutely. Great. Well, you're, you're a gent, man. Thank really you so nice much, Aaron. You. you too. Take care. I'm here with Kevin Kehoe from Cinemapocalypse. 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 It's really hard to say. <laughs> Great visual artist, and as you know, we love to promote those guys. So uh, let's talk a little bit about how you got your start, Kevin. Uh, basically, I used to um, be an artist assistant to uh, James O'Barr and Michael Golden from the comic scene. And uh, I had gone to art school before that and just never really done much with it. And when I started uh, watching them work while I stood with them at conventions, I was just like, you know what, I can do this stuff. Uh, I don't know why I haven't done anything with it. So I just made a decision that day that I was going to start doing my own thing. 
Awesome. So what got you drawn to this subject matter, like especially pop culture and cult cinema? Uh, mostly horror. I grew up on horror stuff. Sammy Terry, I grew up watching that. So I was a big Vincent Price, Hammer Horror fan. Um, and then, of course, the 80s stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I basically just kind of what I would want to, to buy myself at a con is what I decided to start kind of doing. That's got to feel pretty good to be able to kind of draw what you feel is good and other people connect with it. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the best feeling. It's not even so much about selling the stuff. It's more like when people come by and they go like, oh, my God, that's amazing. All that Christopher Lee is great. That's that's the best part. So you are hitting cons now again, mm -hmm. which I'm sure is probably pretty good after a pretty lean year, I bet. Absolutely. It's uh, I haven't really known what to do with myself, you know. Um, so I've just I've been uh, just kind of doing my side gig and waiting for it to open back up. Right. So we, can we find you online? Yes, uh, it's uh, KevinAKehoe.BigCartel.com. And then uh, if you look up Cinemapocalypse Art, um, just sound it out, spell it the way it sounds. Not the way I say it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my handle on uh, Facebook for the page and on Instagram. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And thanks for what you do for cult cinema and horror. Thank you. You Have bet. Have a good one. All right. Hey, man. Hey, folks, we're here with Sky Elabar. Sky, thanks a lot for coming. Pass. You got your pass. But I've got my pass. We're good to go. Full disclosure, Sky and I are friends. My son and I worked on a film with him uh, in October of 2019, the Ben Evans film, which you can watch the short on Vimeo. And so that's We gonna... couldn't have done it without you. Well, thanks, man. It was a lot of fun, except for that 17-hour day. <laughs> <laughs> Was that 17 hours? It was. Yeah, we were out there. Remember, it was like midnight, and the, the, the DP was like insisting we fuck with the lights for like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. an hour and a half. And after the fact, SAG said, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. I said, he's like, yeah, we can. <laughs> So, and that's going to be, they're looking at doing a feature with that now. Yeah. Okay, cool. You said they got the funding, they're looking for a production company. They got, they have a partial funding from uh, a big production company in in Detroit. Okay. And they're looking for, like, to fill in the gaps. Okay. And they're close to that with one of the big, big places. Cool. That's, that's throw us money out. Those are nice to have. Yeah. Let's back up a little bit. How did you get started? And, and I know you were a jazz musician for a lot of years, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Went to Berkeley, studied at New England Conservatory with a guy named Miroslav Vitas, who was the bass player with Weather Report. Oh, wow. And he's a, he's a famous bass player and a teacher. He's an amazing teacher. I used to go to his house and he's, he's from Czechoslovakia. Mm -hmm. he, he would make soup, soup with, with Penn Pilsner beer and we drink, we eat the soup and he, we talk about bass and we, he'd show me stuff and oh, that's it, was, it was a f fantastic experience and uh, I played jazz. I, you know, yeah. through Boston, Pittsburgh, around the country and then got into rock, mm -hmm. started my rock band and and uh, got signed to Atlantic Records. What was that band? It was called Seventh House, and we're on we're on iTunes and all this. We have, still have all, we have six records. No <laughs> shit. When yeah. did you, so when did you start that band? 1992. We we're just a young young lad. Nice. Yeah. 
And so you six albums, and you toured on that too? Yeah, we played all over the place wow. and opened for everyone from Dave Matthews to Green Day to Fishbone. Oh, what a great Fishbone. fucking band yeah. they are. Yeah. They're one of the best. And some, some just on and on, great. We had, we had a regular gig at CBGB's every Monday night. So we used to drive from Pittsburgh to CBGB's, do the sound check, play the gig, and then drive back. Tell me about CBGB then. So Hilly Crystal is still there. Yeah. And yeah. He, uh, Did his dog shit all over the floor like yeah, you said? Yeah, he asked me to clean it up when I got there for the, I got there for the sound check. And, and, and he's like, clean up the dog piss and the shit. And I'm like, I gotta do a sound check. And he says, clean up the dog. He's really, like, really, like, mellow and, yeah. and slow. And he was a trip. He was a nice guy, though. Yeah. Really cool. And Louise was the lady that booked everything. She'd answer the phone. Was that his daughter? I don't know. I think his daughter, I know, did a lot of the bookings for him. It must have been Louise. On. Okay. It must have been I'm Louise. Not, I'm not 100% sure on that. You'd call day. there and Louise would go, <clears throat> CBGB's. And you'd have to do this whole pitch to get yourself in initially. She'd say, call me back in two weeks, click. And I called back in two weeks for like a year. Wow. She'd call, oh yeah, call me back in two weeks, click. Finally, she said, you can do Monday night, da 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 boom. And we get up there and she said, I'll give you 10% of the door. We got 10% of the door and we never waited for the money. We never, we, that's rare. Cause we just, we, we had to get back to Pittsburgh. Sure. We, you'd have to wait till three in the morning till the cl club. Right, they count, the, count the money, yeah. Wow. Did you ever have Hilly's Chili? No. Uh, I, I hear that's legendary, and it would, it would stay with Hilly you for months, man. man. That's fantastic. I've only seen the shell of CBGB. It, it had closed by the time I got to New York for the first time. Oh, I didn't take some pictures, man. Oh, right? You know, we didn't have these then, these like nice... You'd have to actually carry a camera around. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing, though. But New York is just incredible. Yeah. So in the early 90s, that was uh, kind of the start of the, uh, the Disneyfication, they call it. Right. But you were, you were there. I mean, CBGB was in a pretty rough neighborhood. Um, it's still rough today. I never, I never really felt like it was rough. Yeah. I mean, it's gentrified now. These, pla these places, yeah. across, I remember those places across the street were like, you could, you could get an apartment there. Now it's like, yeah, whatever. Well, New York used to be like, there was a, it was distinct between the little boroughs of New York. Brooklyn was different from Manhattan. Yeah, now yeah. it's all the fucking same. Yeah, they all have a yeah, Home Depot yeah. and a Target and the same bullshit you can get anywhere. I know. Yeah. It's, it's totally fucked. I mean, in Times Square, you know, where do you go see a sleazy movie to masturbate in public now? <laughs> <laughs> To do the Pee, Pee Wee Herman in public? Right, yeah. <laughs> Just got to do it on the street like a commoner. Um, so we ended up playing CBGBs every Monday, and then we, we got like representation, and then we played Mercury Lounge and... and uh, Holy shit, and, man. And brownies, brownies. Did you play Garden Center at all in no, New Jersey? No, we played Maxwell's. Oh, wow. And um, played... A lot of places around there, great places. Arlene Grocery. 
It's a it was a grocery store that they turned into a club and that's fantastic. I, I, New York's just those places, man. New York's the best, man. Yeah, you cool. Know? So did the music and then, you know, got came out here. My wife and I mm -hmm. came out from from New York in two thousand three. Okay. To uh, L.A. and just kind of, I worked in an ice cream shop and and uh, just you know. Why'd just, you make that shift? Because of 9-11. We were there at 9-11 okay. yeah. and it was just weird, man. Sure. It's crazy. What was that like? That's it. That's all I'm going to give you. You're going to have to wait for the rest when we do the full interview. This guy is a fascinating dude, obviously. I had no idea about his CBGB gig. Uh, we went on about that. Uh, it's just great. And Coming up next week... On Monday, we'll be dropping part one of our two-part interview with Bill Rebane, the man, the myth, the legend. The uh, Weird Wisconsin box set has just come out on Arrow Video. If you haven't gotten that yet, what is wrong with you? It's awesome. It's got uh, all his movies, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, very good little box set. Bill is a fascinating guy. We talk a lot about his childhood growing up during World War II being shuttled around from Latvia to Prussia to East Germany and finding his way eventually to Wisconsin in America. Great interview, great guy. That's about it. Remember when you're out there, tip your servers well because at the Walter Paisley Movie House, we don't piss on hospitality. Have a good week, guys.